0: everyone, Dr. Bren Cooper here. Um, we're going to be talking about orthodontic treatment and um, kind of the debate that orthodontists have amongst themselves and um, what should be going on with um, extractions. So it'll be why orthodontists recommend extractions, why they recommend not getting extractions, and what you kind of need to know um, as far as history. So there has been a long debate in orthodontics whether or not permanent full teeth should be taken out if you don't have enough room. When orthodontics first was around in the 1800s, um, most orthodontists treated without taking teeth out. Now, a lot of people actually had already lost teeth, so there wasn't as much of a strain on space. But when there was crowding, They just straightened the teeth. They did not really know exactly what they were, you know, doing or what the limits may or may not be. And so everything was a little bit experimental. And because tooth loss was generally noted as a negative thing, it wasn't even um, really considered or talked about. And then in the um, early 1900s, there was a guy Edward Engel, who was teaching modern orthodontics, and he had one of the best renowned schools, did the National Journal, and all of those things. And, um, yeah. And so Tweed was one of his students, and Tweed took 100 cases and extracted four permanent, perfectly healthy premolars on these patients because he did not like. The facial aesthetics that he had gotten, and he felt like the teeth um, were a little bit wiggly in the bone and kind of compromised. And then he took them to a case display, and Angle and Tweed had this ongoing battle: like, should you extract? Should you not extract? And Angle was like, you should never extract. And Tweed was like, you should extract the majority of the time um, and do an extraction case. So the pendulum kind of swung back and forth. The '60s, '70s, and '80s came around, and Tweed was kind of. The pendulum had swung extraction. And so most people who are in their 30s, 40s, and 50s who are treated with orthodontics had extractions. Now, um, you know, a blog post has come out on Kevin O'Brien's blog if you want to look that up um, about extraction. There's many, many um, six-month smiles, Invisalign, different things like that that really encourage non-extraction treatment. And I think one of the biggest things is that people expect to keep their teeth like we're not in the mindset where oh you're going to lose a tooth before you're 50 years old now we expect to keep our teeth our whole lives so taking perfectly good teeth out is just something that's not in our mindset right now we're like yes let's replace them with implants let's um Treat them endonically. We have all of these tools to maintain our teeth. So taking out teeth has become more of a foreign concept to us. Um, Also, we've had a lot of research come out on airway. So we're very concerned with sleep apnea and snoring and making sure we stay healthy. And taking teeth out would seem to compress the tongue, which would seem to then move the tongue back into the throat, which would then seem to compress the airway and increase the likelihood for having the sleep apnea events. Um, also we've come up with some good techniques of slenderizing the teeth. Um, and, um, Julian wants it in French. (laughs) I'm sorry. That's not going to happen today, but we might be able to do some Google translate. Um, and so, the the interproximal reduction, which is slenderizing teeth, we've gotten better and better methods to do this. And because of that, that means that our envelope for extracting, when we used to say, oh, we need seven or eight millimeters of extraction, of crowding before we extract. Now we can do a little bit more to slenderization, slenderization, which has been shown to be very okay for the teeth. It doesn't increase sensitivity. It does not increase your incidence of cavities. Now, we can um, um, do a little bit more IPR. I have a question from Ivan. He says, I do not think there's any evidence related to extraction and sleep apnea. No, but that does in orthodontic circles. There has been no evidence that's showing negative effects of extraction, and it has not been related to sleep apnea directly. But I would say the majority of dentists who are in Panky, Dawson, Spear, LVI, lean non-extraction and their thinking and what they're telling patients is related to um, extraction with orthodontics and relating it to sleep apnea. So I think those ideas are out there, even if it's not evidence-based. And just because we don't have evidence that it's pro or against doesn't mean that it's not affecting it. And I'm not saying that it's a direct relationship, like tooth extraction means that we get sleep apnea. I'm just saying that um, I think having limited space for your tongue, if you have other compounding issues, it may be a contributing factor. Um, all right. I said eight millimeters of IPR <laughs> in children is excessive. And I'm not saying that we're doing eight millimeters of IPR. I'm saying if we had eight millimeters of crowding, then we would have, um, that. some people would say that's an extraction case because one tooth is about eight millimeters in width. What I am saying is we can expand to get a little bit and then we can procline to get a little bit and then to avoid the excessive expansion and proclination, we can do some IPR. Um, and I think that we are using more IPR rather than two or three millimeters. I think across an entire arch, we're getting more like four or five millimeters um, and avoiding it a little bit like that. So I would agree. Eight millimeters of IPR is not what I was saying. I was saying if there was eight millimeters of crowding. <laughs> All right, Ivan, good deal. Um, so bone grafting, I also think is a factor. Periodontists, um, have definitely, um, been getting better and better and better at doing their bone grafting, which number one relates to what people call Wilcodonics or P A O O. And, um, that means that we have a little bit more envelope. So something that used to be an extraction, if you can get the bone grafting, grow bone as you're moving teeth out, um, you might be able to avoid having those teeth be mobile. The other thing is, as periodontists get better and better and better at the bone grafting, people who have had past non-extraction orthodontic treatment can get those fenestrations, which is basically little windows in the bone, they can get those covered. So I think those are some of the reasons that um, we're able to get away with more and more non-extraction treatment. Another thing that's interesting is that I think we all thought a few years ago, that if you took teeth out and centered teeth on the bone, you might have to do less retention, or people would be able to not wear their retainers at some point within their lives. I think that all of the studies that have come out lately have shown that bonded retainers, clear retainers, hollow retainers, whatever you use, if you're not using something, there is relapse, shift happens, teeth move to the center. And so taking teeth out does not mean that the retention can be on a lesser protocol. So why do we still extract? Um, If we have all those things that are pointing us towards, um, we can do less extractions. And I think sometimes there just truly is not enough space. Um, With or without a bone graft, you're just pushing the biological limits too far. Um, And I think that um, people may be opposed to getting those bone grafts. They don't want to have to do that. And, um, or sometimes it's symmetry, like you're missing one tooth and then it makes sense to extract the tooth on the other side rather than put an implant in and also have to correct a class two. Um, Also, you want your lips to close. Sometimes when you treat non-extraction, the lips protrude and people may or may not like how that looks, that's a personal opinion. But if you're constantly a mouth breather because your lips can't close, then that can also be an issue. Um, facial balance. So this is important to a lot of people. Um, we're in the age of aesthetics and sometimes people can, when you don't take teeth out profiles, but then from the front, their lips will have funny action and things. And so I think that sometimes extraction is a good alternative to having other types of surgeries. Um, all right, and then Ivan is saying extractions can also enhance the stability post-treatment, um, like retracting a lower segment in a class three to increase overbite. Um, so it can, but I still think you're going to have to use retainers um, of some sort. I don't think you can let them go completely without retention, even if you do do the extractions and have the excessive overbite. Um, So yeah, but that's kind of my segment on what we're thinking in orthodontics right now on extraction. And I'd love to hear what everyone has to say. And Ivan, thanks for, thanks for, um, for participating. It was super fun and we'll see y'all next time.